Hello, Ali. Hello, Bobby Judo. Welcome to episode our second two. ever Hansekai. Hansekai episode two. I should have looked at the stats for the first Hansekai before we launched into this. Thirteen. I, I, is it? Thirteen. <laughs> so what Four of those is, are me. <laughs> okay, so we're, <laughs> we're back to podcast podcast launch days. No, All right, so to... we're... Uh, no, I think we got like 20, 20 listens on our first episode. Oh, that's true. So, okay, well, so, I mean, this is basically, we can treat the people that listen to this as our disciples. This is like disciples plus one. Yes. Um, when do we start molesting them? Uh, <laughs> and also, <laughs> also, we uh, we know who the, we, there's only one Jew around the table and we know what happens to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we need to talk about the Saku Yanagawa episode and... Uh, the episode that we've just released with uh, Tucci, or as I uh, pre-recording was calling her Tutti, no one told me, Quintella. Uh, and also the Match Lie episode. Kimetsu did we not talk about that either? No, no. We, 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 uh, the, the first Hansekai we did was for uh, Anne Christini. Anne Christini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So we've got three to cover in this one. Uh, All Ma- right. Match Lie. I thought he was really funny. Um, listening back, like he's very dry. And he's very slow in his delivery, but I thought he was very funny. There were a couple of moments that he, uh, listening back, that I cracked up at stuff he said. When we were talking about like yeah. Shonen Jump, and you said the Beano, and I said Mad. And he was like, I know what one of those things is. Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, although he didn't clarify which one. He, he, he might have been, this might have been meta humor. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it have been funny if he'd followed up by going, yeah, the one with Desperate Dan. You're like, well, wow, wow. Uh, I, uh, I suppose that would be funny. I'm assuming it's the Beano. Uh, yeah, the Beano had desperate. I think the Beano had desperate down in. I remember. Uh, so the Beano had Dennis the Menace. Do you know who Dennis the Menace is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Dennis the Menace. Okay, so the Dennis the Menace was one of the characters in the Beano, and I would read the Beano, and I remember I kept all of my Beanos. And uh, the friend of one of my young, oh, friend of one of my younger brothers. I have just one. One of the friends of my younger brother wanted them, and uh, my mum just gave him a box of like hundreds of these comics, and he loved them. But I've noticed that like comics from the time where I would have been reading them are on eBay for loads of money. Ooh. And yeah, imagine if I if I'd kept them, they would have been in fairly good condition too. And there, there was also a fan club where you got a badge, and I was yeah, a member yeah. of the fan club. Uh, I guess I guess a lot of this is um, like I'm using this to model the JBRC uh, listenership treats, and that we're sending a newsletter. There was a Beano newsletter. Uh, we're sending stickers. I'm going to be honest. I don't think the Beano came up with the idea of sending a letter nor stickers. And nor did we, although you seem to have claimed so in a couple of episodes. <laughs> we, we had the bright, smart idea of coming up with the idea of thanking our listeners with branded yeah. goods. There was one moment in the Match Lie episode where he like straight up took the piss out of me. Did you notice that? When we were talking about like yeah. the anime and the box office stuff, and uh, he was talking about how it beat Spirited Away and it beat uh, Your Name, and I was like, the one that I always see is that it beat Frozen 2. And he was like, yes, another classic anime. <laughs> <laughs> but that was almost like a Japanese comedian giving a tag, yeah, which yeah. is like, yeah, that 
that's the joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. That's oh, every time I've seen it on TV, they referenced it beating Frozen Two, just because that's the most recent and a huge box office winner. Right. I was. Right. I was one hundred percent serious, and he was just. He well, now you like, know what it feels like for, for guests to jump on board. Yeah. With uh, with the banter, I, I had it with um, with uh, oh goodness, which episode was it? It was a way back. Uh, oh, I know, I can't remember. But yeah, I, I had it where someone just made like an Ollie eats a lot joke. And I was like, oh, it was, it was JJ Walsh. That's what it was, JJ Walsh. Uh, I was like, hang on, that's Bobby's job. Matt Boynton got one in too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Phil Wang, Phil Wang went, went, went there. Phil, yeah, but, uh, Phil Wang is kind of fair game, right? Because he's like a, you know, he's a friend. Yeah. Uh, I got like the a- sense that Matthew Boynton from Sakamichi Brewing in our, uh, our you know, brew pub episode, um, <laughs> starting up a business in Corona episode, I got the feeling that he was like, I've listened to enough of this show and I understand the dynamics and the dynamics are that we make fun of all his weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. I I wonder whether there's also a British thing too. I wonder whether he feels he felt some extra degree of I don't know kinship. I think that there's. Uh, I I just think in British culture you get more of a pass in being rude as a way of showing affection because yeah. British people cannot show affection unless we're being like really mean to each other. Yeah. Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, in in that Kimetsu episode, I did feel like we missed a trick because we were talking about um, the. Thanks uh, for keep bringing it back to the episode. By the way, every yeah. every time I make a t- every time I make a tangent, you're well, now I can see, straight I can back see to your the episode. Face. I, I wait till the tangents run its course. I wait till I'm like, okay, Ali's got nothing left to say about this. <laughs> I, we can see each other, so I'm like, and go go ahead and listen back to this. When you listen back to this, you go and yeah, and then I jump in. Because <laughs> I right, can thanks. tell it's clearly no, it's, done. <laughs> right. No, but I think it's I think it's just funny that uh like you will make sure that we have covered each episode. I uh, think like oh, you're, got, so you're, this is a Hansekai and I've got a list of things that I hate about you in each episode. Okay, cool. Right, well <laughs> let's get cracking. No, this was this was something that uh it's another one of those like as a comedian you look back and you go, God, this was the perfect thing that I should have said or this was like a, a moment for humor mm. that, that was lost. And that stuff drives you crazy, right? But Yes. Uh, particularly when I'm editing. Because yeah. occasionally I'm thinking, should I just cheat and yeah, like record me saying something and stick it in? Yeah, and I don't because I think I do think it's bad form, particularly if it's something that I want to say about a guest. There was something in the Tucci episode where I I, I should have taken a note of it for this. Obviously, I didn't. Uh, so I'll take a note for myself next time to note it down. But I would have had a, just a perfect little quick quip. Yeah. Um, but without giving Tucci the opportunity to then respond to that, I just didn't think, didn't think it's fair. But we have done that occasionally, right? Occasionally we've re-recorded an ending because yeah. we think that's funnier. Well, but uh, we've done it especially when we've said a joke to to kind of conclude the episode to be the ending. And when you're in the moment, you can say something and have an idea that you think is funny. But I guarantee you, like a little bit of time spent thinking on it and choosing mm. your word order and you know how you phrase a certain thing makes it a hundred percent funnier. And and yes. then there's also things where I'm like, this is funny, but it would be funnier as an Ali joke. Or you've done the same thing, where it's like. Mm. Like this, this is a good joke, but it's better in somebody else's voice. Yeah, yeah, that's that is true. I wonder how many people who casually listen to the show realize quite how produced it is. That I mean, this Tucci episode, like I cut out the whole conversation on 
feminism, for example. Right? <laughs> There's like... As you... As, yeah. Not surprised. Why am I not surprised, Ali? Um, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Just just some women rabbiting on. No, but like it was an interesting chat and it went in the extras. But, you know, like you just wouldn't notice that we we made that diversion then came back again. But I kind of just like made the editorial judgment. Well, either that stays in and then we lose a lot of the meat of the main topic or that goes in the extras and we have more time to, you know, chat about the main topic. Yeah. But I wonder, like, I think listening back to the show, you just probably wouldn't realize quite how much is edited and cut. And like, even my very first question to Tucci, right? Uh, I know that we're supposed to be talking about Match Lie, but now I'm thinking about it. My very first question to Tucci was about women who code. And the, my first question was a bit slapdash. It was, do you know how many people they are? Now, she didn't have that figure to hand. So it was not a good question. So then I asked another question and then used that <laughs> wait, as wait, the first wait, wait, question. Wait, 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 hold on. Do you, know, do you know how many people there are? Do you know how many women who code? Or do you know how many people there are? <laughs> do you know how many people there are? <laughs> do you know, there's a lot of look them. Outside. There's a lot of them. <laughs> but do you know what? It's funny you say that. I had that exact thought taking the train from Shanghai. Like I was in Shanghai for uh, one day on a layover. And my, I had the morning to do what I pleased. The evening I was doing a show. Then I was leaving at like 3 a.m. the next uh, day. And the only thing I wanted to do was go to a zoo and see a panda. So I took the train in from... <laughs> no, it wasn't the train. It was a, a, a cab. I took a cab into the train station. Then I took a train to the zoo. And driving through, like, suburban Shanghai did ha- genuinely give me that thought of... There are so many people. Like, mm. looking at the, like, just looking at apartment block after apartment block and thinking, what the hell do they all do? Right? And... That is the first time in my life I've had that thought of like, holy shit, like, there's just so many people. And like, this is just one small suburb of one city in China. Yeah. All right, wait, wait. That is a... <laughs> that, is, that is a... So, so, to bring it back to the episode... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about... Uh... <laughs> Imagine if we had a guest here right now on Earth I'd be thinking. So we have the foremost expert on, uh, on ecology in Japan. Well, <laughs> well, I just bang on about... I once had a thought, there are a lot of people... There's too many, really, if you if you think about it. Uh, no, you were saying you you asked uh, Tucci about how many. China thought women that, and code. they put in some policies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, mm. my first question was a joke, right? Which I thought, tell it, you know, sometimes te- like asking a provocative. Did you make sure that the mic picked up you opening the beer? I did. I, I gotta make sure the mic picks up me slurping on some tea out of a bag. Out of a bag. Oh, baby. Yeah, no, you, not uh, only did you ask a provocative question, but you said, I am about to ask a question that will potentially offend you. I hope you're ready for it. Yeah. Absolute perfect get-out-of-jail card there. Yeah, great, great uh, technique. Because if she gets offended, I go, told you. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Can't be angry with someone who's correct now, can you? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I, I asked. Uh, my original question was, are women better coders because they've got smaller hands which is an ironic question yes you did well so you know maybe because maybe she would have had something funny or maybe sometimes you ask something really absurd and it's true like once or twice on the show i've asked something which was a joke and the uh guest has gone oh you say that but actually and then that's really funny but um maybe tucci didn't have any uh stats on size of hand versus coding ability uh I mean, well, if she I, like, did, then Donald Trump's next job after the White House should be software engineer. Tiny hands, Donald Trump. Uh, no, I, I objected to that question just because, like, um, 
I think it's one of those things where you can intend it as ironic or you can intend it as like to the the joke is that it reflects badly on you. You're making fun of yourself yes. for being a sexist and not saying something sexist. But I think that the line between those two things is so blurred that the effect is the same. The effect is still sexist. Yes. Well, anyway, we moved so, on from that question. Speaking of sexism, back to the Match Lie episode. Uh, one thing where I thought we missed a trick was when he was talking about checking into his, his hotel in Rapongi and that there was a drunk girl passed out in front of the hotel. And he said some yeah. offhanded comment about um, how that was the standard for hotels in Rapongi. But listening back to it, that phrasing, I was like, that's the standard for hotels in Rapongi. Is that like the rating system? Like when you're looking up hotels on TripAdvisor, is there like <laughs> like five passed out girls <laughs> instead of yeah, a five-star many, hotel? It's a how many women do you women. need to step over? Yeah. But it also just reflects badly on him too. Because like I've stayed in Rapongi in a hotel that was perfectly nice. What time of night did you check in? Uh, what time of night did I check in? Oh, fairly early, about, about five yeah, o'clock. That'll that'll do it. Um, I, I think it's a totally and, fair assertion on his part that Rapongi is a haven of scum and villainy, as he said, which I think is a is a Star Wars reference. But um, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's a scummy, scummy place. It's weird that like it's not cleaned up, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe that's like maybe that's some public policy there. Like maybe it's better for towns to have one area yeah. where all the scumbags go. Yeah, and it's Rapongi for foreigners and it's Kabukicho for Japanese people. Right, okay. Yeah. Um you were kind of tuned out that entire episode. I yeah. think it's cuz we were talking about a movie. I don't give a shit about films. Yeah. <laughs> Then <laughs> I uh, I wasn't gonna, no I don't, interest in I don't films. watch don't have interest in films. Uh, I don't watch anime. I was surprised the Tucci episode where you talked about coding and you made a Matrix reference, and I was like, Ollie just made a film reference. Yes, but I did get it wrong. I said typing on a green screen. It's not. It's typing on a black screen with green letters. Uh, but look, when doing stand up, you need to have a certain base level of like broad cultural awareness, right? Which you don't. Which <laughs> <laughs> true, but I but I aspire, but I do aspire to. <laughs> I, I, I saw a, a list of like a hundred movies you've got to see before you die. Do the rounds. I saw on the Facebook. same list. You just went around like last week, right? Yeah, and what, I what was, was like, your number? Oh. Uh, I didn't do it because I was like, I'd like, I'd rather be dead. They were like nine on the list that I hadn't seen. Oh, I think I would have seen nine of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Flubber wasn't on the list for a start, so that would have been an easy bonus, (laughs) an easy bonus point. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I never really watched. I never really enjoyed watching films as a kid. I don't know. Well. I mean, generally, I think everything's too long. I think podcasts are too long. That's why yeah. I keep past half an hour. I think Edinburgh shows are too long. Like, I think com- comic specials can be 30 minutes, and that's fine. Yeah. I just think everything's too long. Yeah. Um, I mentioned you being tuned out in the episode because there was one question that I really wanted an answer to that we didn't get because you jumped in. You, and, and I mentioned this to you after the show. He was talking about Japanese interviewers interviewing Japanese people and how they never ask hard-hitting questions. They always ask the same questions. 
And I said, oh, yeah. what are and those I questions? I said, can you use chopsticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which was just like your knee-jerk reaction to like uh, Japanese foreign dichotomy, Japanese foreign relations. Mm. Chopsticks, can you use chopsticks? Base one joke. Yeah. Root one joke. Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't think I was tuned out so much. I mean, w- w- I seem to remember that week there was like loads of technical issues too that I had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that like it's worth pointing out that there's just this base level of headache that I've created myself by staying in Malaysia, where one storm can cut out the internet for hours at a time, mm. and the internet in this place where I'm staying is just crap. And I've tried all these different yeah. devices to try and get it upstairs. So we're doing a Hansei for three episodes and two of those three episodes, you've had to be like repurchasing data on your phone and tethering <laughs> yeah. it to your computer to be doing the episode. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, but, but thankfully... Like you'll cut um, out in the middle. I'll be like, yeah, all these data ran out. <laughs> all these, yeah, these ran out. He'll, he'll be, he'll yeah, be but, back but, I mean, after he renews it in two minutes. I do. I, I, feel, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel like a low-income uh, family in the 1950s who would put coins in a ga- in an electricity meter. My, my grandparents were telling me about this, that you used to have an electricity meter at your home that you'd put coins into. Actually, I say this as if this is a relic of the past. I know that this is the system which still exists for a lot of the, the population in the UK, but now you top it up with, um, with an electric card rather than coins. Um, but there's, yeah, there's something quite humbling about having to pay... Uh, each hour I use the internet, you know, rem- reminding me that uh, this isn't like a this isn't like a god given right uh, yeah. to have YouTube, and also like being mindful of how much data I'm, I'm using. Uh, but I'm just grateful that 4G existed. And actually, I um just while we're on this topic, I was looking at uh like some new uh, startups that had just uh, been created in the Wi-Fi router space, and it occurred to me that Wi-Fi routers might be obsolete in five years. Because if 5G is as good as people say it is, we're never going to need to have internet going through the home. Like going through cables, then being broadcast through a router. Everything can, like every device can just connect through 5G direct to the internet. And you've got like 500 megabits per second plus connection speeds. So I do wonder whether like, you know, this might be the last few years. Like I may have bought my last ever Wi-Fi router because by the time I move to like my next property, maybe... I'll just have like a really good 5G connection. That's all I need. Yeah. Some sort of like centralized 5G hub that operates all of your stuff. You call it the uh, the 5G spot. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby, for inserting a joke. Um, all right. So anyway, Match Light, good episode. Yep. Typically for a journalist is a good guest. I think that's a general we've got. If they're a journalist, I, they're typically a good guest. anime reviewer. I think we'd like to have him back if we ever have another anime topic. Yeah, I, I'll um, I can't wait. Uh, also, uh, that that was the episode where my river cruise recommendation joke was created straight from this. That was the um, uh, mixed race people get mixed race people have to pay on a sliding scale according to how foreign they look. That idea was based off a riff from the first Hansekai. No, it wasn't. It was based on an actual river cruise that actually has that policy. Well, okay, no, no, there's a river cruise which has, like, foreigners are cheaper, and I've been on that. But the joke of, if you're mixed race, you pay on a sliding scale. Are you suggesting that your river cruise recommendation was not an actual recommendation? 
Oh, uh, oh yeah. What level of conceit does this have? I, I've tried to. By the way, I've tried to make this podcast <laughs> as obscure as possible. So, firstly, there's not a single word of English in any of the podcast description or like, you know, like gubbins. So I think it's like it's like off-putting. You know, someone that even if you like have very basic Japanese, it's still off-putting. Secondly, uh, you can't search for it according to like either our names or Japan by River Cruise. So, like, if you're listening to this, you've probably already worked out what's going what's going on by now <laughs> like th- like what hasn't happened is there is absolutely no one and we're now don't forget 20 minutes into this there is no one that is listening to this and this is their first introduction to who we are and what we're doing like, yeah i mean you would be surprised that- though i mean i did get when we released our trailer for season one uh <laughs> with all the best bits i did get a message from one of the brian's going yeah i it kind of makes it seem like your podcast is about river cruises, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. I uh, <laughs> I was ex- I was actually explaining the podcast to somebody yesterday uh, because I-, I was looking really. Oh, I'm just uh, another quick tangent, but don't install uh, the new Mac operating system, Big Sur, unless you desperately need to, because it's just caused incompatibility, incompatibility problems galore. So I gave myself two hours, and two hours is normally long enough to, like, stitch all the tracks together, normalize the audio, edit the, um, you know, the, the background noise out, yeah. and, like, make a good first pass. And I just spent two hours just installing and uninstalling Adobe Audition and uh, connecting, like, external drives and trying to boot it on that. And Anyway, uh, while this was happening, like someone was like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm editing a podcast. And they're like, oh, what's your podcast? And it's like, oh, okay, right. Well, it's called Japan by River Cruise. What? Because it's, it's, it's a name right. which, which people don't, like, it's very hard to explain it, but people always need to hear it a second time yeah. because they're not expecting the final two words to be River and Cruise. It's like, oh, it's called Japan by River Cruise. What's it about? Oh, well, and then you have to kind of explain it for real. Right, so what about the River Cruise thing? Okay, why did you choose that name? Right. Uh, it's just hard work. So I, I'm glad, actually, of the ability to go, oh, it's about the Japanese river cruise industry. You should take a listen, knowing yeah. that they won't. Because it's the thing that you forget, right? People don't actually want to listen to your podcast. Uh, so when people say, oh, I'm going to check it out, they're not going to. So it doesn't matter if you lie about what your podcast is about. So I've, I reminded myself at that moment, if someone asks you, what's your podcast about? They're not going to listen to it. You can just say, and this is also true for anyone that's listening that has their own podcast. I'm talking to you, Bean Pod. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> Lie about what it's about. Uh, all right, cool. So that's... Uh, <laughs> you, could, you, could literally be, you could literally be like, it's about different varieties of beans and you would get more listeners than you have now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is specific advice for the Bean Pod. Definitely don't tell people what it's actually about. Uh- <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so the um, so the other night, right? Like the other night, I uh, was thinking about what to do for dinner, and I got this. Uh, I got a. I got a steak. You know, one of these. Uh, Jokes on you, Bobby. Uh, this this just shows that you've listened to it. <laughs> uh- <laughs> and then my. And then my, then my- wife you ever have one of these uh one of those wives uh she came in and she was like is that a steak <laughs> at this point should i now be the british guy should we now transition to um somewhere to see um how's your week been uh, <laughs> right let's talk about uh why japan voted trump uh, uh interestingly yeah. lower yeah lower listens on this episode and i think it's because we mentioned trump 
I, you I know, think actually, still, I, I, I thought I thought the exact opposite. I thought I, it had more listens than I thought it would get, and I assumed that it was just because why Japan voted Trump uh, was a was a clickbaity title. Well, I well, I mean, we can speculate all we like, can't we? But it, we, we like maybe maybe we're both right. Maybe it's put some people off, and maybe it's encouraged people to vote. Maybe, may, may, just maybe, Bobby, this is a divided world, um, um, and Trump Trump is polarizing. I would have loved to dive into a little bit more, um, and and you know this, but I would would have loved to challenge a little bit more Saku's uh, impressions around Trump supporters. Um, and I spoke to somebody recently, a Japanese woman who lives in Los Angeles, uh, on a TV show. We were both on a TV show about you know the election before it happened, and she Thank had. You. I was similar... really worried that this episode we wouldn't reference you being on TV, but. I'm, I'm glad, glad we, we got finally it. got glad that. we got it out. Um, but she is in California, and she'd fallen in with like a group of people who are, I guess, pro-Trump. And so she had the impression that Trump might it's hard might work in California. Win California. <laughs> like <laughs> that was my reaction on the TV show. She was like, "California is traditionally a democratic state, but you know, this year, you know, you look out the window and everybody on the street, you see, they're doing their Trump." campaigning and all the cars have trump stickers and trump flags and all the trump supporters are out on the streets and so i think maybe this year california might go red and i cracked up i started yeah. laughing i was just like yeah 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 sort of zet yeah, tiny so, um as as you continue looking out that window just have a look up and see if pigs are flying yeah because there's a very good chance well no i'm sure she's right that's that, happening that outside her window it's all people out on the street supporting trump because the democrats are not stupid enough to be out on the street Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, she's she's not daft. I mean, Trump did get well, more votes this time than last yeah. time. You know, like we we can't dismiss the fact that Trump's popularity in gross terms has increased, and I do mean that it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, I, I'm good little really, joke there. I'm really interested in looking at this idea of like how your impressions of a culture or your impressions of a country or an area are so colored and so influenced by whoever you happen to fall in with. Mm. It's it's just a yes, and also what's random. right in front of your eyes. Yeah, right. Like like it's just really hard to compute how a whole country thinks. It's much easier to compute to like what you can see immediately around you. Yeah. It's just like like as humans, we're just we're not used to having more than a hundred people yeah. that, whose faces we can recognize. And so if we're looking for patterns, like we only really have the computational pattern to look at patterns of like what's in front of us. Yeah. And right, so it's it's just, it's just like the sorry sorry, sorry to, to to give another tangent, but it reminds me of the fact that there were people that plausibly thought that Jeremy Corbyn was going to have a landslide in the last election, mm. just because basically every single Jeremy Corbyn supporter was on Twitter because that like the, his supporters are the demographic yeah. demographic of people that use Twitter. Well, this is our entire last episode talking to Tucci about this thing that was huge on Twitter, and it was not huge anywhere mm. else. Like no nobody else cares about this. It just seems very big and consequential to us because we're on Twitter. Um, but yes. but I, I would have loved to talk about Saku uh, and his impression that Trump supporters that, you know, they're portrayed on the Japanese news media as stupid and racist, but you talk to them in person and some people are not. They have different reasons for supporting Trump. And I really would have liked to push back against that just because I know that this is a common thing that, you know, People say, I'm afraid to say that I'm a Trump supporter because now you can't be a Trump supporter without everyone calling you racist. And, and like, yeah, you're just not allowed to be racist in public these days. It's awful. 
Yeah. Um, and so I would have liked to talk to him about kind of this idea that, yeah, people are not going to, when they talk to you one-on-one, when you're meeting someone face-to-face, they're not going to be racist to you necessarily. But that doesn't mean that, you know, the policies that they support or the things that they support are not endorsements of racism. Because at this point, you can't support Trump without tacitly endorsing racism. Yes. And and, and what's regrettable is what Trump, or at least the smart people around Trump, are good at doing is creating kind of quasi-legitimate arguments for supporting policies which probably were created out of racism. Like, for example, I'm thinking of, like, the Muslim ban. Like, I I, yeah. I know people that, that have gone, well, actually, you know, if you look at the list of countries, Obama also did something where these countries had limited access. And, you know, like, there's there's always kind of ways of, of backwards reasoning to explain yeah. a non-racist narrative. But I have no doubt that, like, the Muslim ban was what was going through Trump's head at the time. Yeah. And then later they, they found a way to, you know, to, to explain it away. Um, I, 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 want, I wonder whether the, the problem is that we just have one word, racism, which encompasses a very broad spectrum of, of opinions vis-a-vis people that look different to you. And well, I, I mean, I think the core issue is that it's um, people who support Trump for whatever reason, they, they, they can say that that reason is not racist, but the issue is that that reason that they choose to support him supersedes all of the policies, all of the actions, all of the things that he does that are harmful to people who are a different race, to people who are not white, to people who are not male, to people who are not heterosexual, um, to people who are not American, uh, to people who are American, but again, are not white. Um, So when you make that your priority above somebody else's right to life and you know freedom and equal treatment then you're you're saying you know my my personal needs are more important than yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i do but the the problem with that i'm afraid to say is the argument um the, the the extension of that argument is that every black voter who's voted for Trump is like is like is knowingly voting against their best interests. Yeah, like, I if think all four of them that, are. Well, okay, so so that's very funny. <laughs> but uh, I um, I have a a friend in America who is very very active in. Um, well, she was very, very active in kind of explaining the Black Lives Matter protests online. And like, I, I've actually like kind of had a policy to not bother her about like black things because she just spends enough time with that output. She doesn't need like she doesn't need the discussions with me. But sometimes yeah. we do have quite interesting chats um, and uh, she's always very patient with me. Uh, but I sent her a Guardian article. Uh, which b- said the following, and I've got the guard, I've got the article in front of me, which said that uh, basically, on the whole, minorities um, gained, like minorities voted more for Trump this cycle than last cycle. So between 2016 and 2020, Trump gained four percentage points with African Americans, yeah. three percentage points with Hispanics and Latinos, yep. and five percentage points with Asian Americans. So yep. I sent her this article, right? And her instant response to me was, um, I'll read it. She went, uh, this is some white nonsense. 
because uh, I sent the article with the caption. Uh, it basically goes against everything I thought about the election on the two bases. I have no idea what to think. Um, uh, so they, yeah, she says, this is some white nonsense. And then I look into who wrote it and I was like, uh, oh, but it's The Guardian. I trust them. And then I looked even further and I was like, oh, shit, the author's black. Back at you. Uh, and then, she, and then, like, uh, she, then she said, "Well, it's still white nonsense." Uh, so basically, what she's saying is, if if it creates a narrative that like black people have done something wrong, it is white yeah. nonsense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the data basically shows that like there is an increase in black support. But there's another argument, I guess you could say, with which is just like the level of black support is the same. It's just Trump's general support has gone up. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that Biden won is because he got even more votes. Yeah. Uh, like he had, he had way more support than um, than Clinton did, but yeah, I mean, what you, I mean, what do you think about the counter argument to your argument, which is a vote for Trump is a knowing vote for racism? I mean, that that is to suggest that people are knowingly voting against their own interests, or is it that, or is this a very common thing, which I know in conservative politics in the UK, that uh, first generation immigrants are more yeah, likely yeah, to vote for the conservatives gonna say that i was gonna say that especially okay, fine, I, I don't yeah. know about um the african-american population as much but especially in terms of the hispanic population um there's a huge bias people who came over legally uh, against people who they see as coming over illegally uh i have a right, lot of cuban okay. in my family and a lot of them are uh rich elite cuban um people who were thrown out of the country and had everything taken from them when Castro took power. And right. so they take a very hard line look at um, a very like tough stance on people who come over illegally because they kind of feel like, you know, they paid their dues and they did it the right way. Um, but I, I think the general minority support for Trump um, that exists, I do think that, it, I mean, it's, I see it the same way as I see any support for Trump because the poor white community that supports Trump is also voting against their own interests. Um, so I see it right. as a failure of the Democratic Party to be able to convince people that Trump is conning them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so um, what's interesting is white men shifted eight percentage points in Biden's direction this year, hmm. which means that... Well, what does that mean? I do, I do, what does any of it mean, actually? What does, any, we, what does we, any of this mean? Can we talk about something um, that's more offensive than uh, Trump and more offensive than racism? Yes. Your Dave Spector joke from the Sako episode. Thank you. <laughs> I hear that, that Dave Spector joke is in a Google Doc dated from 2015. Yeah. So yeah, and the, five years ago. The Japanese level uh, reflects it. <laughs> thank you I, I, i'm sure i've told you this before but like the phrasing is just so unnatural it's it's like i'll do an english because we did not translate this in the episode i'll do an english version of the joke. well do you want to just say the joke out loud first in japanese yeah okay yeah, go ahead should i get should i get should i get it up uh i'll, I'll get the doc up basically the joke is a play on words between debu which is dave specter's words and debut, which is that part uh, of it? the word for is fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, debut means um, fatty. Yep. Is that a good translation of de debut? Yeah. Uh, right. Well, give, give me give me one second. Uh, Ali is now holding uh, the microphone under his chin as he uses both hands to type. Uh, chins plural. 
Um, okay. Right, I've got the doc. There's a lot going on here. Yep. Another thing that's in this doc, by the way, for reasons that I cannot be sure, is... Do you remember... Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is getting pretty personal. Do you remember that time when I sent you a message from my ex who had been quite unquote hospitalized because she was so heartbroken and i got a message from her mother saying get back with her or um there'll be trouble i do you remember do you i remember this happening i don't remember the specific message okay because i sent you this message and i was like what the hell do i respond to this and you responded saying well i don't think it is i don't think it's her mother sending this i think it's her sending this Uh, but you, you wrote a, um, an absolute stonker, uh, of a, um, of, of a concluding sentence, uh, which I, I'm going to send you in the chat now. So basically this, 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 uh, message was me ca- calmly explaining the relationship is over and, uh, I would not like to be held responsible for, um, the, th- like the threat of suicide, which is basically oh, what was wow. implicit this in this polite. message. I sent a super polite message, yeah. <laughs> You're right. And I also said, I said point. to Bobby, I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I said to Bobby, because I, I wrote a very, very long response. And you were like, yeah, this is pretty good, but let's tidy it up. And I think we were both had it in the back of our mind. One day this might have to be presented in front of a judge. So let's make sure that it's as good, <laughs> it's as, good as it could be. Uh, do you want to read out that final sentence? Uh, because you, because you can't read it yet. Understanding, yeah, uh, in the matter. Understanding, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so, right, so for some reason, for some reason, that's in this doc. Okay. Uh, this doc's just a complete hodgepodge of uh, specter joke. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> scrolling down, there are a lot of bad jokes. For example, this is just part of a set of six where I say like, "Nihonno comedian what?" え、日本のコメディアンはコンビが多いんで、多いんでしょう。でも僕は一人でえ、やらないといけない。彼女がいないから。ないですね、めがにセンス。あみ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、
I would say that I would say the um, Yoshinoya Shozoku quite often, yeah. like on the radio. I'd say it every now and again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yoshinoya Shozoku no Orihon desu. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that, that's funny. That's very very funny. That the point card has nothing to do funny, with it. Isn't it? Yeah, Yoshimoto Shozoku no Orihon desu. Uh, really funny. Uh, anyway, so the joke is. Uh, oh, there's so many of these. I'll send you the whole list. Dave Spect, Nihon no comedian wa Dave Spect, Dave Spect, Nado Gaimasu ga Nihon no comedian ni wa Nihon no comedian ni wa Ah, Nihon no gaikokujin comedian ni wa Dave Spect, Nado Gaimasu ga Boku wa Dave janakte Tada no debu desu. Okay, so what do you think that that first clause says? If you If you had to say it in English. There are comedians like there are there are foreign comedians in Japan like Dave Spector, aren't there? Mm. So so the Japanese phrasing, if I were to translate that Japanese phrasing into English and try to preserve how unnatural it sounds, it would be it would be more like speaking of foreign comedians in Japan, there is Dave Spector. Right? <laughs> there is Dave Spector among others. It's it's just so awkward. It's just so like 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 I like I always felt like a bunch of those jokes that you wrote, even even like the Yoshimoto Shozoku, could have just been phrased differently and easier and simpler. And I think your English comedy style is to add detail and to flesh things out mm. in a way that like takes it to a level of depth that makes it funnier. And I think you tried to do that exact same thing in Japanese when a lot of times you could have just gone much simpler. So you could say, I'm a foreign comedian. Like you guys may have heard of Dave Spector. Well, I'm not Dave. I'm just Deb. Like like that phrasing yeah. done in Japanese would hit so much harder than instead of saying, speaking of foreign comedians who are in Japan, there are people like Dave Spector. You sound like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting looking at these? This would have been obviously one of my very first attempts to write jokes in Japanese. Right now I'm teaching a comedy course and the main thing I'm trying to tell them is stop trying to be funny, start being interesting. Because they're all, even the girls, going for sex jokes because that seems like a like a very quick way to get a laugh, yeah. right? It's it's like using shock and using taboo. And I keep saying like I just I keep just I just keep saying stop thinking about your punchline. Stop thinking about getting a laugh. Start coming up with interesting premises. And I I needed that advice to myself back at this time. Yeah. I've got things like uh no comedian wa ipatsu gyaga ga tokui in desu. Then wa boku wa ipatsu dekuru yamo ga tokui in desu. Bed no ue de. Which is like I've thought of the ipatsu like yeah word and i'm like okay let's make it sexual like one shot yeah one go yeah and i'm like yeah yeah so it's basically the the punchline is i can't come twice um yeah another one but also again the phrasing the phrasing is like if you were to do this exact same joke in english the punchline would be like in bed (laughs) 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 yeah 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 (laughs) exactly uh nihon no comedian wa uh it's me just going root one. Well, I mean, 
I mean, it, it is totally route one, but also that's a very fair thing for like so a beginning Japanese speaker. I remember the first time somebody asked me who my favorite gaining was uh, in a school. When I was teaching in schools, yeah. uh, you know, the kids could ask questions and they said, who's your favorite gaining? And gaining means uh, a, a comedian. Gay is, yeah. is performing arts um, and neen is person. And they asked, who's your favorite gaining? And I was like, are they asking me who my favorite gay person is? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't blame myself for it, but I'm, you know, there's a reason why none of these stuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh man, there's a lot. Of, so if, there's if a lot there's of just reasons fucking why none awful of them ones. stuck, then what's the reason that you did that joke in that episode with Saku? <laughs> well, just because <laughs> I reminded myself that I was inspired by a, you yeah. know, I'd obviously like been aware of Dave Spectre at that point. I think I would have bought his joke book yeah. or had it bought for me. Nihon no comedian ni wa dai fan ga irundeshou, demo boku wa chisai fan ga ippai. I don't even know what I was going with. Maybe I was talking about um, what are the little fans called? No, so this was when you uh, were performing at CC Cafe, and there were literally a handful of small fans around the stage. Oh, uh, okay. okay. And so you fine. would like, and right, well, you that, got laughs right. with that joke. Okay. I'd say I don't even recall that. Fine. I, I, I don't even want to look. It's actually embarrassing to look at. It's like looking at some of my early stand-up. Uh, very bad. The, the one thing I'm pleased about, though, is my Hakata Gyoza joke is actually i do think a good like a good yeah joke. yeah yeah yeah. that's all right uh even though saku said in the episode that what what was he talking about hakata gyoza for to uh, uh japanese people in edinburgh yeah point is all the japanese people there knew what hakata gyoza was the foreigners in the audience didn't yeah and you need to understand that hakata gyoza are the same gyoza but smaller and that is a an observation that's the kind of classic stand-up observation of everyone realizes it but doesn't realize they realize yeah. it and once you realize you're paying the same money for something smaller um yeah it's funny i don't and then the idea of like hitokuchi size it they sell that as a, a selling like a point mouthful size yeah a one yeah hitokuchi one gyoza. i was like yeah yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know, it just really? occurred to me that there's another aspect to work. It's a very Atsukiri Jason aspect, like a why Japanese people, why do you speak Japanese like this kind of aspect. But the idea of hitoguchi gyoza, it, it means mm. one bite, bite size, right? Yeah. But it's literally yeah. one mouth. There's a comedy aspect <laughs> there that's like, am I supposed yeah, to be that's right. like... Is, am I supposed to be eating this? Lady in the Tramp. Mouths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, oh, what a nasty, nasty thing to look at. Yeah. That's. Do you know what? There's a, there's a video that you have somewhere, and I I don't have it from you, of a Nakasu Gates show where I killed it in Japanese. It was the one where Yuriko Katani was MC, and you've got it on your video camera. Maybe you've deleted it by now. I remember you filmed it from the side, uh, and I never got the footage you from mean you. Kaori? Because I don't have one with Yuriko Kotani. I've never seen. Oh, maybe Kaori. Yeah, no, Yuriko Kotani oh. never emceed any of our shows. She performed in. She did MC in Japanese. Yuriko Kotani. Yes. In Fukuoka. This was the show where there were dancers. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Yuriko Kotani was not there. Yuriko Kotani is the BBC's new voice. The one who was a guest on yes. our show and then never aired. Yes. The one I, I yes, was she at was the there. one where they were dancers. She was not there. Okay, in that case I'm confusing two shows. But she has performed in Nakasu in Japanese before. Her first ever attempt at stand up comedy was in Nakasu in Japanese. 
there was a Japanese show first and an English show after. Because Phil Nickel, her boyfriend, also pef- performed in Japanese. He learnt like three words and did a skit. Well, you're not there. I th- maybe you just weren't there. Maybe. Okay, but anyway, the show with the dancers. Oh, I don't even remember. But anyway, the there was one the time in the castle the where... one-year anniversary show. Yeah, I know, that's true. Oh, maybe... No, well, two-year anniversary was... <laughs> Whatever it was... Right, there was a show that I did in Japan. All right, well, fine. Whatever happened was there was a sh- there was one rare time where I stormed it in Japanese, and even you were like, "Wow, you killed it." And I don't have video evidence of that myself, but I think you do. Perhaps I don't have any video of Yuriko Kotani. We've got some audio footage okay. of her somewhere. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, uh, speaking of jokes. Uh, you know, uh, you did just one for the of record, there was the at least one episode. time where I did well in Japanese. Just can we? Can we I've seen you be just move on with Japanese. that. And... I've seen you do well. Um, Thank you. You did better than I did on the Saga TV Comedy Festival. Did I? Yeah, yeah. When we did our manzai bit, you were the funniest part of the. Like half of my set was a manzai bit with me and you, and you were the funniest part. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. That was weird. That was odd. That was in like an odd, like a really old-fashioned yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I also remember going live on TV and not realizing until seconds before that we were about to go live on TV. You were like, by the way, you know, this is live. And I I shat myself. Yeah. You knew it was, but I didn't know. And you were like, just don't. I think you said something. Just don't just don't say anything. (laughs) Just don't 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 do your Japanese women always sound like I'm raping them during sex bit. That bit hasn't dated well. You know what else hasn't dated well? Anyone who's ever dated you. But um, hey, um, uh, speaking of all the stand-up comedy stuff, the Tucci episode. Do you know? Can you pinpoint the point where you did one of my jokes poorly? <laughs> uh, hmm. Did I do one of your jokes in this episode? You did. Hmm. Go on. Which one? Uh, the the new employees, the Shinsotsu employees who are dressed in black suits like they're at a funeral. Oh, did you, do you have that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to do it every time we had a show during spring. I used to do this joke that was like, my favorite thing about this time of year is that you see all the new company employees, you know, all these young kids in their black suits, you know, their cheeks are all pink like the cherry blossoms and their suits are all black like they're at a funeral for their dreams, which they are. Ah, so that's why the joke didn't come out well because I said they were mourning their own deaths, which is the, the uh, death actually, of their own lives. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, okay. Well, if only I'd remembered your joke better. Yeah. All right. Well, next time, remind me of your jokes before, <laughs> before we do. I'll just uh, you send me your Google document of your terrible jokes, and I'll send you my good jokes, and then you can just do them. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Um. Uh, all right, so w- what have we got up to? We've got up, we've done ma- match match line's been conclusively debriefed. I'm good on Saku. Uh, we'll have him back. That's all I have to say about Saku, unless you've got anything else. Um, I think it is commendable that he did the show in English, and I think yeah, we yeah, yeah. forget about how hard we would find it. And I do, yeah. I mean, you too. Yeah. If you were to jump on two Japanese comedians' podcast, you would you'd feel like you're treading yeah. water the whole time i'm sure because like yeah it's just it's just yeah. really hard so, so I, I, do I do admire I do tv and radio in japanese regularly and any time there's an episode where 
they've got like a handful of, of Japanese comedians on the show. Anytime Saga TV does a thing where they're like, we're going to get all of the reporters in the studio at the same time. I just sit back and wait for them to ask me a question. Cause I, I like, mm. it's not that I don't understand what's going on. It's that like, I, I don't feel like I can contribute anything that's faster or quicker than what they're already saying. Exactly. And also it's just like, there's like a, an industry or maybe it's even legal, I don't know, limit to how fast uh, interpreters are allowed to interpret. I think it's like 130 words per minute. And if someone speaks more than that, then the interpreter's not supposed... Because, like, it just takes too much headspace, right? right? You just get mentally exhausted. I think it's the same with, like, when you try, you absolutely can follow along. But having to keep that level of concentration up for an hour prevents you from then being funny when you need to be. Like, I, I think it's a smart thing as a language learner to know how to tune in and tune out and know when to really exert kind of, you know, so like an advice which I give people when they're taking language exams is really force yourself to listen. Like that when the listening exercise comes, like remember there's a way of like really tuning in your brain and really like trying to listen. And there's also a way where you kind of keep it passively and you use your mind to think about other things. And when you get the exercise twice, you should use one form of like one type of your brain and then another uh type of your brain yeah don't worry about that that's for something later if we still if we keep going we're we're like talking for like an hour here now yeah um so yeah i know well my, my point is uh i am impressed when we get japanese people on because like people do ask me why don't we have more japanese guests on and my response is it's really hard it is it's very hard uh, I'm trying to get a guy who's the digital editor of the Nikkei Asian. Okay. Uh, it looks good. It's just um, he's he's working on figuring out exactly how he can get the best recording environment going. Oh, nice. Good. Okay. This isn't one of those ones where like they go, yeah, let let us let me check with my editor. No, no, no. And then we go. Oh, okay, uh, it's gonna be really it's gonna be a no then. Um, he wants to talk about <laughs> either he wants to talk about either trade policy or security policy and how U.S. Japan relations will change. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll be interesting. Biden presidency. I thought trade policy would be good because we talked security a bit with Jesse Johnson. Good. Yeah, nice. So All for right. the uh, for the uh, Tucci episode, um, I sent you a word in the chat. I would like you to read that word. Arbitrarily. What? Arbitrarily. Arbitrarily. Yes. There we go. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Because you so man. Don't get me started on this kind of thing. I thought that chimney was pronounced chimli to the age of 17. Chimli. I was 17. Chimli. Chimli, yeah. How rare is it that you have to talk about a chimney? And when it happens, how invested is your interlocutor in you getting the pronunciation correct? Not very. Yeah. Chimli. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I mean... You yeah, can say chimli. You could get away with it. Exactly. For the longest time. And also, you never have to write the word chimli. <laughs> ever no so so i i was listening back to the episode and i heard you say arbitrarily and i was like should i mention this in the hanseikai and i was like nah nah i shouldn't i should just totally leave it and then you did it a second time in the episode arbitrarily arbitrarily arbitrary 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 arbitrarily i wonder if this is a british thing can i can i send the blame can I externalize the blame for this? Yeah, 
please. Or must I take account for my own actions? Is it a British thing is my question. I don't know. I also uh, used to pronounce Portugal. 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 Um, I'd say Portugal. I'm trying to think of That's not interesting. what I have like that. Uh, vehemently. Vehemently and vehemently. I feel like I always pronounce it the wrong way. My friend who became a law tutor at Oxford used to pronounce a law word wrong as an undergrad. And I remember correcting him at the time. And then he was talking about the teaching that he was doing and how he was saying it was funny that he was using his old undergrad notes that we wrote together to his students. And he got the word wrong again. Sovereignty. He would say sovereignty. Sovereignty. And I was like... Yeah, and I was like, it's... Because if you read the word, that's how it's read, right? I was like, and I remember saying to him, it's sovereignty. And like, what's funny is, like, there will be a small generation of students who he's taught who they don't want to second-guess their teacher. There's no way... That, but maybe that meeting's happened between them. It's like, did he say sovereignty? Yeah, I guess that's the legal pronunciation. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, sovereignty. But yeah, but... You shouldn't take the piss of people pronouncing words wrong if it's likely that they've... I mean, maybe you shouldn't take the piss of anyone for anything, but that's not a fun way to live. So you should take the piss of people for some things. Yeah. But it just means that you've read a word and not heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I would like to do? I, and it would be really difficult because some of it is in the main episodes and some of it is in the extras, uh, is I would love to go, go through and do a collection of your Simpsons references. I'm like, for someone who's like not seen any movies, you've seen every episode of The Simpsons. And I think there's probably... I love The Simpsons. I think it's, it's great. Yeah, fantastic. But I'm like always surprised that like my I'm the American in the room and my British co-host like regularly yeah. references The Simpsons. And it's always Jermaine. Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. always Jermaine. It always adds something to the episode. But er- like every time in my head, I'm like... Fucking hell, Ollie's rolling out The Simpsons again. <laughs> it also happened on uh, Twitter today as well, by the way. I'm not sure if, if you... Uh, well, maybe you I don't, don't read, my, you. Uh, no. read my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I... Oh, I'll tell, you who, I'll tell you who it was. Your friend, Alex Camp. Um, uh, 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 that's who it was. I... Uh, I, I retweeted my friend Darius, who's running for a position on the Live Comedy Association, and Alex Camp tweeted saying, you should offer to be his personal lawyer, like a comedy Rudy Giuliani. And uh, then I responded by saying, that's a standard of competence higher than I'm capable of. I'm thinking Lionel Hutz. Um, and then Alex Camp replied, Bobby is your Troy McClure. Troy McClure. <laughs> Troy McClure. <laughs> which, <Yeah. laughs> which is actually uh, really good. Because it's, it's really like, good, Troy McClure's but it's also, catchphrases. Speaking of our very good friends, uh, that's a joke that was done by your good friend, Fern Durden, at The Roast of Us. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's true. You may remember me from, from such YouTube oh, that videos is true. as. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um Okay, uh, I'm afraid you can't call her Fern Dunn because that is uh, culturally imperialistic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, have we Hi, gone through all of the episodes? Uh, yeah, that's all of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. That's that then. Well, I'm really glad that this content has been created and anyone that's stuck through to the end, 
Well done. This is going to be hey, like an hour. Why don't we offer? This is this is going to be like an hour, yeah. and it's only going to have uh, eight views this week because um, I'm I'm going to look at it in my podcast player and be like too long and not listen to it. <laughs> nah, nah, not for me. <laughs> not for. I like them. I do. I like the podcast actually. I think it's a good podcast, but hey, if you, they are if producing you wanna, a lot of content. If you want to cut anything, cut out that bean pod impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the but that's the that's the only people we know are listening. Uh, so that, that's that's obviously staying. Hi Joe, hi other um, guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, really offensive, really rude. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I guess we'll do another one of these in another couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't make this after every episode. Maybe this is better no, to group no, them all once together. Twice a month is good, I think. Yeah, and before the end of the month, we do plan to send out an email where we're going to be sending out some stickers. Stickers have arrived. I'm going to show Bobby one of the stickers in the webcam. Ooh, they nice. look pretty good. Do you have our our the Wait. other one? I like the other one better. Do you have the other uh, design completed? I'll buy it as soon as you no. Get it he yeah, well, it's a shame you never got that voucher, right? Nah, uh, but well, I'm sure we'll find another another. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so we've got a, a sticker which uh, I showed it to the webcam as if that was a <laughs> that was a good moment for podcasting. Uh, so the sticker is just our logo, but it's transparent, so it's not got the blue background and looks really nice. And it's got Katakana Japan Bai Riba Kuruzu, which is nice. Um, and the other one we've got is uh, a little parody of uh, a Strong Zero can, where we've changed all the elements to make it about Japan by River Cruise. Um, so that's. That's nice, and that that uh, that I think they'll make a nice little set. We do, you know? we definitely do need to send uh, do need to send stickers out to everybody on the mailing list, everybody who's bought us a coffee, and also uh, Bean Pod and Ishikawa. All our Kai. guests, yeah, um, just because they yeah. they interact with us so much, and we appreciate it. We do appreciate them, even though we despise them. Yeah, uh, you you can, you could despise something you can appreciate. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say on that note. Oh, you uh, in the show notes this week, you uh, uh, created our first bit of merch by accident. In the show notes this week, yeah. In the show in the show notes this week, you wrote uh, Bobby puts on his No River Cruise No Life T shirt and gets angry at a list again. <laughs> Um, I think I think we need to make this T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think "No River Cruise, No Life" is a really nice slogan. Yeah, uh, um, no, no something, no life is a really common Japanese slogan. No sashimi, no yeah. life. Yeah, no music, no life. No river cruise, no river cruise, no life. I was really proud Great. of my episode summary this week. Yeah, I read it. It was good, and you've done good uh, summaries for uh, Speaker as well. Um, what is what Bobby's mum thinks about how messy he is relevant to? Nothing. Um, what part of the episode was oh, that? Oh, that's in the extras. That was um, the yeah talking about like people will take as much time as you give them. I have that anecdote about. Oh, my in the kitchen. Saying, yeah, I'll mess up whatever. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, final thing to discuss, uh, and I don't mind recording this because I think it's an interesting debate to be had. We have been linking to Black Lives Matter, George George Floyd Memorial Fund, Ronnie Mead Trust, the UK Stephen Lawrence Char- Charitable Trust for months now. What is the event that's going to make us want to change these links to something else? Are we waiting for like something which is more uh, like important, or do these stay forever? Like, what's our? Because I mentioned to you right about how Transistor, Transistor removes. 
yeah, they, they had a banner at the top which said Black Lives Matter. And then just one month that banner went. And I just thought it was really funny because it's like, obviously, the, obviously the problem still exists, but for them, uh, the publicity well, advantage um, doesn't exist anymore. I kind of, I don't know if you want to put this on like an official recording, but um, if you're asking my honest opinion, I'm like a little bit disappointed in you for asking this and for bringing it up. Uh, I think we should leave it forever. Um, yeah, and I think that. But why are you disappointed for bringing it up though? Because it, like, surely it's a di- no, no. I mean, it's obvious. Like, why? Why wouldn't we leave it? Like, when people search "Black Lives Matter," they might come across our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible joke. Uh- <laughs> la 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 la. la. <laughs> <laughs> you think that we might be getting some of that sweet, sweet Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust bandwidth. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought you were half serious then. No. <laughs> you really, you, you really Sorry. reeled me Sorry. in. Uh, okay, now I'll give a serious answer. Do, what do you think we do? Well, I mean, do you think it, you you know, know, it looks I, out of place actually, now? I actually, like, I, I get, like, daily emails uh about Black Lives Matter because I've given some money and like it makes me give more money. Uh, I just, the, I think like I donated again uh, three or four days ago um, for like a Black Lives Matter movement that is pouring money into the Georgia runoff elections. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I, 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 I think it's, I think it's a good thing, but I, yeah, I just—I mean, it just occurred to me, right? It just occurred to me. Oh, you know, it's, it's there every week. Well, obviously, we put it there to be I, to be responsive to a problem, and that problem is still there. So I, I have thought about the same thing. I will say that I, what bothers me more is that um, in our show notes, it still says I use a Samsung Go mic when my audio setup <laughs> is much better. I would I would change that sooner than I would change the Black Lives Matter donation links. Okay, that's true. And I actually don't use the AT2005 USB mic. That's the silver one. Uh, this is the AT... Oh, no, no, this is the... No, I, I, that's correct. All right, well, we can update that then. <laughs> so, so, uh, good. All right, well, that's uh, that's a, a long episode that you've just sat through, so well done. Yep. And uh, as of next thank week, you I will have for your support. Their support for Black Lives Matter because Ollie's not on board anymore. That's not what I said. That's literally not what I said. I know. Um, While we're on the topic, while we're on the topic, I will, uh, you know who I'm talking about because you know about my, the joke which I make about her in the show. But my my friend from the UK who I went to university with, who's uh, black, has uh, posted on her Instagram something which is, huh? I was ringing the bell. Oh, okay. Sorry. Ding, ding. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I actually made that bell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how committed I was to that. For a brief minute, while I was uh, writing the show and I mentioned the black friend, I actually got an actual bell made. And to, to double down on the joke, I engraved it with ollihorn.com. And when I was doing the show in a s- small box theatre in San Francisco, we got a spotlight rigged up that <laughs> illuminated the bell. And like they put so much effort into this. I tried it once. It was awful. 
And like it was, yeah. it was, it was just a sticky, nasty moment. I put the bell back in the box, and I think that's funnier that I own a bell with ollihon.com written on it. I think that's just in a box. I think this is another thing that should be one of our in jokes from here on out for the rest of our uh, our relationship and our friendship. Is like, how committed are you? How serious are you? For another month, something? then. And you'd be like, <laughs> well, I've I've engraved a bell. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I. And it, <laughs> the whole thing and also like it, just, it took me so long to find the right bell and then i found an engraving shop in san francisco that would do it and also like it was a it was a difficult engrave apparently the guy was like because the bell was made of a certain metal and curved in a certain way he's like i've broken three of my engraving heads to do this he was like i've lost money on this job <laughs> so like <laughs> so the, the whole economic transaction was was not beneficial to anybody um no, but she posted about this this report, which uh, the British government uh, released yeah. uh, about, uh, but just generally about like race relations and uh, how black people are institutionally discriminated against. And the UK government are absolute colossal shitbags. This report, which basically said stuff like black women are five times more likely to die in a hospital, like really like pretty unequivocal stuff. They released this report at one a.m. on Twitter, thinking that that would like, you know hide it kind of thing you know rather than like doing an official big press release they thought we'll just stick it out at 1am forgetting right and like, and so so we were talking about this because i was like that's absurd isn't it she went yeah it's like it's absolutely the worst just to make sure they wouldn't get any coverage and it occurred to me just as a matter of policy it's bad but as a matter of like tactics social media tactics it's awful because Surely they should know that what are we doing at 1am? We're scrolling Twitter looking for things to be angry yeah. about, right? <laughs> they've, they've not hidden this report. They've, uh, they've, they've put it in plain sight for the, for the small subset of people that will really care about it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I wrote to my MP about that letter to ask uh, what action he's going to take on it. And I know what action he's going to take on it because he's a, he's, a, he's a nasty MP that when I wrote to him about Brexit just replied with a load of jingoistic nonsense about respecting the will of the people mm. all right well on that sad note now should we end it yeah bye all right bye